Now, before we talk about anything else, we gotta give some love to our sponsor for today's episode, and that is Lumify. Don't you just love when someone looks at you and says, what were you up to last night? Well, no matter how late you were up the night before, Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops can help your eyes look more refreshed and awake. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute to help your eyes look brighter and whiter for up to eight hours. No wonder it has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. You won't believe your eyes. You know you can trust them, though, because they're made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb, and they're backed by six clinical studies. Eye doctors trust them too. They're the number one recommended redness reliever eye drop. The one and only Lumify is an amazing drop that will have people saying something's different about you in the best way possible. So check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. That's LumifyEyes.com. Thank you so much to Lumify for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. We love you here at Psychobabble. Now back to the gossip. Hi everyone, my name is Tyler Oakley and you are listening to Psychobabble, an unfiltered half hour of gossip sessions, pop culture scrutiny, and stories we've never told in videos. It's not just crazy talk, it's Psychobabble. This week, we discuss how Black Lives Matter is not just a trending topic and how to get involved as a lifelong ally. We discuss the Drag Race finale and our thoughts on All-Stars casting. We do a Chromatica deep dive and envision the tour of our dreams. And we finally discuss Leah Michelle shitting in wigs. Stick around, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, and live tweet as you listen with hashtag Psychobabble. Buenos dias, mis amigo. Mis amores. Mis amores, el bem. Do you want to see my cuckoo? <laughs> I would prefer not to see your cuckoo today. Well, bitch. No cuckoo freedom for me. <laughs> cuckoo cachoo. Uh, cu- cuckoo cachoo is right. Did you read about um, Pokemon Go? No, listen. The one thing that's made me a little sad during quarantine, I shouldn't say the one thing, um, a lot's a lot's made me sad. The but only bad thing that happened this year. Go on. I just used to really think, wow, I guess I'm going to play Pokemon Go for the rest of my life. And I still haven't played it at all since March. Wow. Well, once it opens up again, you'll feel the cuckoo freedom, the Pikachu yeah, freedom. If, if I'm walking around San Francisco and walking to the gym every day again, I, I definitely think I will catch things while I'm doing that. Well, I saw a tweet today that put Pokemon Go into the context of what's going on in the world right now. Did they say Pokemon Go to the polls? To no, vote? no. But remember when Hillary Clinton <laughs> did say that? Can you believe we live, we live in that universe? I can believe it. I do believe it. I saw, you know how people are like in the South that are like, the Confederacy flag is my heritage. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I've seen that recently. Yeah, okay. Um, did you know the Confederacy only lasted five years? No. Well, the rumors are true. I saw a tweet today that said, uh, Pokemon Go lasted longer than the Confederacy did. And it had three times as many Americans behind it. And that really put it in perspective for me. Uh, that's crazy. Thank you. <laughs> that's wild. Does it have more people still playing today? Surely. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I would almost, I would almost guarantee that. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Anyway, um, how was your weekend? 
It was great. Um, yeah. yeah, I've I've been uh, going on runs. I took your advice and got stoned and went for a long walk the other night. I is think- that is that why you discovered trees? I, that is really why I discovered trees. If you saw Tyler's Instagram story, he tried to drag my texts. When I did he, not. Dra- I did not drag your texts. When he was the one bringing up the fact that trees made a point, that Mother Nature made a point when she made trees, she really did. And so I when, said, when some I, trees have points, <laughs> but not all trees have points. Well, okay. So he said some trees have points, and then sent the tree emoji with the point on top. And then he said, but not all trees have points. And sent the tree with that was more circular. And then he goes, do "What you was your that, final conclusion?" I said, "Well, but all branches do have points." Bada bing. Do you know the difference of the types of those two trees? No. One's a pine. <laughs> Maybe. <I know. laughs> but don't you know what it's called? Uh, pointy? A coniferous. <laughs> there you go. That's the word I was and looking what's, for. And what's the other what's one? What's the other one called? Uh, leafy. Mm-hmm. Leafy round. Yeah, leafy and round. What is it called? Do you know? You don't know. <laughs> I gotta let you look it up. I'm not gonna look it up. <laughs> I'm not looking that up. Uh, um, so yeah, I got. Um, I don't know. I I I think with all of like the news cycle and stuff that's going on, and just some other things going on in my life, I was just like having an anxious weekend, and I thought I'm going to go for a walk. And actually, like getting out of the house, um, I went like as the sun was setting in San Francisco. I walked to this part of my neighborhood that has a really great view of the city. Um, walked up a big ass hill um, and stood and watched that. And yeah, it was nice to get out of the house. I saw a lot of signs and windows um, that were still supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. And I think that was important because now walking around my neighborhood and noticing that it is empowering and it is nice to see that people feel the same way that we do and that people are also supporting the movement. Um, so yeah, it was nice. Like I said, I, I I think I was having like a bad day, and then I went for a walk and thought, look at all these people who do support this movement and who are using their voices, and it was like uplifting in a little way. Yeah, every time I'm having a day like that where I'm like, ugh, and I don't want to move and I don't want to do anything, and I'm just like stuck on the couch and I'm scrolling and scrolling, the best thing you can possibly do is go for a walk. It feels like it like gets your body going, it gets your like blood moving, and especially if you're like. In my neighborhood, I love, because it's like, I love to look at all the houses. I love to look at all the trees. Everything is so beautiful, especially if you're stoned. Uh, yeah, I, that's, that's why I texted you. I said, oh, bitch, now I understand why you post pictures of trees on your late night walks. Listen. <laughs> um, one of the streets in my neighborhood is has been like closed during all of quarantine because they um, have let people like ride their bikes and, and run up and down it, which has been really nice. Um And I walked over to that street and I kind of like walked down the middle of the street at night. And it was like really nice. It reminded me of being in Michigan. Like, you know, when we grew up, like kids were always playing in the street and doing that sort of thing. It's just you like never see it here or think about it, which I think is really weird. Well, Um, with um, with the with coronavirus and everyone like keeping six feet away from each other, we we always walk in the street now. And it feels like, yeah, it feels like that where it's like there's no cars. It was nice. And I felt like I was um, that. What is it? Heim? Do you say Heim or Haim? Heim. Heim. It was like that Heim music video where they're walking down the middle of the street in LA. And I was having that moment while I was stoned. And I thought, bitch, look at me go. Now, the only way to upgrade that is uh, to do it with a wig on and heels. I guess. Actually, San Francisco would not be good. 
Because too many hills. It's too too many, many hills. hills. Yeah. yeah, luckily that street's pretty flat. But I've noticed a lot of the neighborhoods in San Francisco have like chosen one of the streets to kind of do that for um, the residents to be able to exercise and, and not be all over the sidewalks and not feel like you're running right next to people. <laughs> That's beautiful. Mindful. Mindful. Yeah. Um, so can we, we've given it some time. Uh, we have let the the album of the, the year marinate a little bit. Um, <laughs> is it time to dive deep into Chromatica? Are we ready to take a little I, bit of an adventure? I've had a lot to say. Oh, you and have? I, and I probably still do. Okay, first of all, what do you feel about this era so far? Are we, I, in general, like uh, as a whole package, do you like or dislike? I'm obsessed. Ah! That's what I love. I to love. Hear. That's what I love to hear. Um, I, yeah. I might look back on this era and say it's my favorite. Wow, better than the Fame Monster, better than Born This Way. Well, Born This Way is my top album of hers and my top era of hers. Okay, and um, I don't know. It's it's so hard because there's like ten years between the two. Um, but I I just I love this album as much as I loved Born This Way, and if not more, TBD on that. But yeah, I don't know. It's like I said, I understand that other people have had that with other albums for her, but Born This Way was the one that I instantly loved and I love pretty much every song on that album and that's the exact same way I feel about this. I feel like, um, now I'm going to ask you to pull up the track list. So oh, bitch, it's please, right here, honey. Please have that ready. <laughs> it's um, right here, honey. So, so I feel like we have Chromatica split into three acts. Yeah. Uh, Chromatica 1, Chromatica 2, Chromatica 3. Um, and people have not been saying like their favorite song from the entire album, but instead their favorite song from each act. Oh my God, I love that game. Uh, so oh, let's play that game. Let's play that. So Chromatica Act 1, we have Alice, Stupid Love, Rain On Me, Free Woman, Fun Tonight. What is your God. favorite song from that? My favorite song from Chromatica 1 is Alice. Wow. I love Alice. Yeah, it's great. It's the most fun to sing. My poor roommate, Stephen, has to hear me walk around the house singing Alice every day. It's so fun to belt. I'm sorry for anyone who's going to be near me when we see her in concert because... I just can't not sing every word to Alice at the top of my lungs. Always. I think it's I think it's a perfect first song. It really takes oh, us if into she doesn't the, like, open the world. The sh- if she doesn't open the show with Alice, that's what's funny about this album is like I it's so um easy to visualize the the album being performed in concert. Yes. And like and that's what excites me most about it is yeah, like I hear the tracks and I like picturing in my head what I want her to do or what I think she should do or what I where I think she should play that in the set. And yeah, I just like I just need her to open the show with Alice. When Gaga said, um, my name isn't Alice, I felt that. Because my I, my name isn't Alice. I agree. Have you read like <laughs> on Spotify? Have you read the little like uh there's like a little info thing behind each of them. Like I'm, when you're listening to the song. Maybe. Why? What does it say? Um, the Al- It's funny because the Alice one was the only one that I read and I loved it. <laughs> and then I was like, and then every other time I've listened to the album, I'm not just going to like sit there and l- look at my phone or look at my computer. I'm usually cooking dinner or running or doing something else. But I, um, I liked it and I thought it gave good insight to the track. So I guess okay. I should probably take my own advice and read all of the little like blips. Uh, I'll read those. I'll read those. Um, I think my favorite from track, or I mean, from act one is, it's gotta be rain on me. Really? I think it, it is, it has not like 
died down at all for me in any way. It's I think it might be one of my top five, if not top three Lady Gaga songs of all time. Yeah. Like I, I feel like it is that euphoric and good. It's a perfect synergy of two pop queens at the top of their game. It's like it it might be better than telephone for me. It <laughs> like when I think about collabs that Gaga's done. Yeah. Um yeah, it's re- it is really the one for me. Though we have Free Woman and Fun Tonight, which I think are my least favorite of the album. What? I, listen, I can't help it. I can't help how I feel. Like, so you and I have talked about how it would. it's so interesting to think about a, if we were able to live in a world where we hadn't heard like Stupid Love or Sour Candy or Rain on Me before the album came out so that you could actually appreciate them all as a whole and then truly determine which of your favorites uh, which ones are actually your favorites? Because I feel like a lot of people overlook Stupid Love and Rain On Me because, I mean, and even Rain On Me came out a week before the album did. Um, but it's it's just shown like a different amount of love than the rest of the tracks. Um, but Chromatica 1 is definitely my favorite as a whole. Like if I had to... Of the, of the acts. Yeah. Got and it. It, it's so tough because Alice is absolutely one of my favorite songs and Free Woman is absolutely like in my top five from the album. Okay. Okay. And like, I wake up with Free Woman like stuck in my head every day. <laughs> I love it so much. Billboard did a fucking article where they ranked every track and they had Free Woman last. And then I literally stopped reading the article because I felt bad. <laughs> well, did I write the article? Okay. So Chromatica <laughs> Act 2, we have 911 Plastic Doll, Sour Candy, Enigma, and Replay. Where do you stand? What do you feel? Uh- Enigma is my number one HBIC. I want to float around the room with all my gays and I want to... A lot of my gays don't love Enigma. It is so strange to me. But I do think it follows the most like um, the most Gaga recipe for a song. So maybe people are just kind of unsurprised by it. But I I really love it. That and Replay. And 911 wasn't really a favorite for me um, until I like really listened to it a lot. Like it was one of the ones that I listened to. I mean, it was one of the ones that I liked more as I listened to the album. Um, but Chromatica 2 going into 911 really like changes the game. Really, yeah. I, she did that. I loved 911 from the beginning. It was one of the ones that I was like instantly on board with and was instantly in love with. Um, it's, I don't know. I just love it so much. Did you see the, um, meme of Coco Montrese doing the lip sync where she points at her mouth to 911. No, but please oh, send me. <laughs> I'll send it. You. you know what I'm talking about when Coco yes. lip syncs and she yeah. points at her lips because she's nailing all the words. Now they've dubbed it to 911 and it's incredible. Hmm. I like Sour Candy. It's it's if anything, it's too short for me. A lot of the album is too short for me. There's only one song that's more, longer than four minutes, and it's only four minutes and five seconds. So it's like a lot. The album goes quickly. It and is a very like concise album, and I'm actually okay with it. I think she gets in and out of the songs where they don't actually feel too short to me. I know some other people have also said this. Our friend Adam also texted me this as well. Um I will say that I think the brevity of the entire album makes the two longer tracks seem long. Um, I think Sign From Above and Plastic Doll both feel long because of the length of the other songs. But also Sign From Above, it has like a 20 seconds at the end that really could have been <laughs> snipped. I agree with that. So anything else from Act 2 that you want to talk about? I, well, I'll, I'll echo what you said about Free Woman being your least favorite 
Um, I would definitely say Plastic Doll is um, the only song on the album that I skip. I've oh, had, wow. I've had friends really try to pull me around to it. Um, I don't know. I just don't think, personally, I was arguing this with one of my friends. Not arguing. We were having a conversation. But I don't think it sounds like her voice. It feels to me like she's like inflecting in a different way than she usually sounds. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just me. Um, but I just, I'm like, I'm excited for her to... Uh, go backstage and change uh, during the concert to Plastic Doll being played. <laughs> I see. I I completely disagree because I feel like I can. It's one of those songs like you were talking about where you can visualize and exactly she's gonna what like she's gonna do up there, walking around like a robot, putting on multiple different outfits. It's well during the remember during the Born This Way um, tour where she had the rotating closet of all of her yes. outfits yeah that's exactly would, what i picture. that's how i picture it um <laughs> but it's been done which is why i'm like she, she'll play this as an outro and like put a little uh fashiony uh video montage on the screen i feel like it could go in a interlude with a lot of the fame yes that's what i'm thinking which I'm fine with. Uh, there's a lot of songs on this entire album where I'm like, oh, this could have been on Art Pop. Oh, this could have been on Born This Way. Oh, this could have been on The Fame. Um, which is interesting because somehow it all is cohesive to me. Now, before we talk about anything else, we got to give some love to our sponsor for today's episode, and that is Mountain Dew. We all get bogged down with the mundane tasks of life, especially this time of year. But isn't it time you take a break from your normal, boring routine? Don't just sit on the sidelines and watch life go by. Get in the game! With the bold tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast, you can be having a blast anywhere. Having a blast at work, having a blast in traffic, having a blast while you file your taxes. No, really, we mean it. When we say anywhere, with Baja Blast now in stores everywhere, you can be having a blast whenever and wherever you are, all year long. So what are you waiting for? Pick up an ice cold Baja Blast today at a store near you. And for a limited time, with every purchase of Baja Blast in stores and at participating Taco Bell locations, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. This swag is available for a limited time only, so don't wait. Grab a Baja Blast and start having a blast right away. No purchase necessary, open to US residents 18 and up, subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com. Ends June 15th, 2024. Void where prohibited. Thank you so much, Mountain Dew, for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. We love you here at Psychobabble. Now back to the gossip. Now, before we talk about anything else, we got to give some love to our sponsor for today's episode, and that is Apartments.com. Okay, so when you're looking for a new home, you know it can be a little bit challenging depending on your needs. Like, say you need a balcony, or you need windows that face the sunset, or you need a hardwood floor kitchen, or you need to live somewhere pet-friendly. For me... It's being pet friendly. I do not want to sacrifice having the lovely life of having pets just because I can't find a home that allows it. Well, Apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools that make it much easier when you're looking for a new home. And Apartments.com has the most pet friendly rental listings on the internet. 
I live with my pets. I would not ever want to live without my pets. Like I know they might cause a mess or they might do all the things that pets might do that whoever you're renting from might not love. Well, I wouldn't want to sacrifice a life with pets just because I couldn't find a place that allowed it. I find it to be the perfect way to live. So if you're out there looking for the perfect place and you need your pets, apartments.com has you covered. Visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Thank you so much, apartments.com, for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. We love you here at Psychobabble. Now back to the gossip. Shall we get to act three, Chromatica act three? I mean, it's only three songs. Sign from above. The sign from above with Elton John, A Thousand Doves in Babylon. I love all three. I really do too. Um, (laughs) I really do too. Babylon is absolutely one of my, in my top five songs on the album. Um, I love it. I actually have come around to the one with Elton John as well. You know the, uh, uh, did I text you this or was I saving it for the podcast? You know the part in sign from above where she's like, I've, (laughs) <laughs> it's like that okay what about it uh we were talking about how we just picture like a little british boy like cupping his mouth and being like i i don't even i need to know what the lyric actually says but you know what i'm talking about no oh my god let me i've got my headphones in so i don't think it'll play on this let me find it okay you tell a little story the only yeah the only thing about sent from above is i um i don't know i Part of me, I, I don't know where I got this idea, but somebody maybe tweeted it that they were like, imagine if this was a collab with Celine Dion instead. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I would, would be okay with that. I would live for that. I would love for that. I mean, Elton is fine and Elton is good. And I'm sure I understand she's Elton's godmother of the children and they are like good friends. And like, it's a, it's a collab that makes complete <laughs> sense in the context of who they are and they, their love for each other. So I get it and I love it. And it was an originally an Elton John song and they brought it to... Gaga. So really, yes. So I um. So I understand, but yeah, it's it's a good one for me. <laughs> I don't know if it's chorus or if it's or if this is considered pre-chorus, but it's when she says, "I heard one sign from above," and she goes, "I heard one." Okay, sign. <laughs> like <laughs> can you not picture like a little British boy I cupping his mouth and being like, "What?" I'll I, I'll send you a picture of what I, this I boy can imagine. Like, and now I can't not see it when I hear that song. We've learned to laugh about it, but it's very much a little European boy singing in a British sure. accent. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, Babylon is the first time I've really thought, okay, this is this is the Madonna gig. Like, this is what... Sh- she doesn't care that she's even trying to pull the, like, the sound and the Vogue-esque type of vibe. Bitch, rip um, that song. That's which, gossip. Yeah, who cares? Um... I love the whole thing. Babylon really reminds me of uh, the vibe of like Judas and Electric Chapel where it's like set in another era and yeah, she's yeah, like yeah. playing into the the um, the concept and making like, you know how she would talk about Electric Chapel and how it's about clubbing and like a, a club called Electric Chapel. But you it's really reminiscent of like thinking about like another time and place. That's how Babylon feels to me. I just love the whole thing. The whole fucking thing works for me. If you could have picked a better lead single. What would you have picked? Oh, God. I don't know. It's funny because I, I've, I've talked a lot about what I think the next single would be. Um, based on what I, you want or based on how she, she picks singles? Based on how she picks singles and what I think would perform well. 
Okay, and it's what, funny because I honestly think it would be Free Woman. Well, okay. I have I have no clue what she's going to do. I've heard rumors that there's already a Babylon video recorded. Oh, God. Can you imagine? I've heard uh, rumors that there's a Sour Candy video recorded. That's gossip. That's gossip. Um, so who knows? <laughs> I would I would love. I, you know it, how um, Bob the Drag Queen and Eureka both in the HBO We're Here special, <laughs> they just always say work. Like, they're or, having, have you watched all those episodes? No, not yet. I need. Oh my to. god, they'll be having like the most serious conversation with somebody in like rural America who's like having a heart to heart with them, and they'll like say something dramatic, like, and then Bob work. and Bob just like <laughs> dead face will be like work. Um, anyways, me and my friends have started that with that's gossip. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna adopt so, that. So please use that with your friends. Everybody share that. Uh, it's very fun. That, that's gossip is that's almost gossip. a little that's, that's psycho babble. All right, a little bit. A little bit. Wait, did you well did you see that uh interview with her? Uh, I did I send it to you with Gaga. She was doing like a press with some French outlet, I believe, and they asked her about chromatica and then she gave a 3-minute answer about how the album's about colors and the chromatic scales <laughs> between the notes. No. I guess I need to go and listen because I it, now uh, that we have the album, it's like I'm sure no, we'd be like, well, "Okay." It's the literal definition. Her answer is the literal definition of psychobabble, which is how you and I literally derived the name of the show was from her giving interviews like that that I don't really understand and then me asking you about them. So I thought it was really a full Please circle send. moment that she I'll have to tweet it the day this episode comes out because it's literally how you and I like derived the name of this podcast as a whole is her answering questions in the way that she does that interview question. Some, yeah, sometimes she really thinks she's going places with her words and I want to be like, <laughs> ma'am, ma start over, please. Uh, I love her and I love the uh, album as a whole and I'm sure I'll probably still get tweets for coming for Plastic Doll, but... Uh, and Well, I will say, if there's anything I've learned from Gaga albums, it's that w my first love songs... I still love, but the ones that really become something are the ones that I didn't really like at the start. Yeah. Um, so I'm really ready for fun tonight to take off for me. I I'm love it. And I love, uh, I just, fun tonight really, God, I don't even know if I could pick a top five at this point. It's hard. <laughs> and I think anytime I see somebody release an album and all of their fans can't decide on a top three, like everyone's picking different songs for their top three. What is that face you're making? I'm I'm literally deciding the top five in my head oh. right now. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I said something that was offensive no, and you were going to be a I'm literally struggling to pick a top five in my head. If I had to pick, I would pick Rain On Me. Mm -hmm. I would pick Enigma. I really love Replay because to me, Replay is, it feels like it's a completely different funky vibe like doesn't it's it not... feel like an underground gay dungeon party in a good yeah, a way lot, that's what a lot of it feels like <laughs> to me and i love that you know yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. there's so many songs that feel like they could they do not even need a remix before they could be played at a gay club and that to me is like okay here we fucking go she delivered what is what does she say at the end of enigma your monsters torture me uh something i think it's supposed to I, sound like little monsters torture i know me. i know it's oh god i that's what i thought it was and i looked it up and i thought oh it makes me sad because i thought it said little monsters there's a talk. few i thought it said little monsters talk to me but i think it says your tortures torture me torture there's a few lyrics that um i keep mishearing like uh the one in rain on me like about a dry and everyone thinks it's drunk 
I'm not even drunk. What oh, is it? yeah. I forget what it is. Same with Free Woman. She says, um, so light up my body. And I thought, she said, you light up my whole day. And I thought, what a nice compliment to tell someone. <laughs> <laughs> I really love my whole day. <laughs> I, I love in, um, in Plastic Doll, she says, uh, what does she say? I have got a new per, a, a person in New Heels. Gaga. No, a, I've got a person new heels. And cherry lips. And I thought, I thought she was saying I've got uppers in new heels. I said, oh, <laughs> work. And then I was like, is she saying I've got poppers in new heels? And I'm like, that's relatable. Yeah. Uh, so wait, what are your top five? Okay, if I had to pick top five, top five is easy because I can really include a lot. Enigma, rain, or I mean, yeah, rain on me. Um, a thousand doves, maybe right now. Have you heard the? Have you heard the? Uh, like a piano version of a, a thousand doves. No, but I would love to. Please send. Yeah, it's on apparently the like Target album. There's a piano version of a thousand doves. Which I, I also still have like. yet to get some of my merch. I haven't gotten my jock strap, my my Chromatica oh. mug. I haven't gotten my Chromatica uh, anything. I need, rain boots. It? My rain okay. boots. <laughs> I'll stop interrupting you. Rain on me, Enigma. I don't even know if I would put a thousand doves. Um, replay. So that's three. Alice and maybe Sign from Above. Ugh. I don't know. Babylon. Like there's that's so many that, that really could be in the top five. That's I think my. Pick, you this, have to pick a top three. This will be easier. Oh, my God. A top three. Yes. That I that three. I that I could do. It would be Enigma, Alice and Free Woman. Beautiful. Except Free Woman. But yeah, sure. This is. um. If I had one recommendation, listen all the way through from, you know, I've top, done to, top to bottom, <laughs> but then go back and listen to some uh, dancey songs from like art pop and oh, the Born Dance in the, in the Dark, because it really puts art pop in perspective. If you go back, if you sprinkle in like manicure, art pop, swine, uh, Shiza from Born This Way, like a, a lot of those dance songs can go easily slipped into the Chromatica ball tour or whatever she's going to call it. Um, I'm I'm very ready for it. Oh my God. What will we wear? I hope your jockstrap comes <laughs> my, by My jockstrap and, and my Chromatica mug as a top hat. Thank you. <laughs> the littlest top hat. Um, let's talk about uh, something that's really, I mean, it's important to touch on. Okay. I feel like we've discussed Gaga. It's time to talk about something a little bit more seriously. Um, Leah Michelle. <laughs> okay. What is there to say? I uh, it's just one of those <laughs> that's gossip. And that that's gossip. That's what you missed on Glee. I mean, we really missed something on Glee. So apparently there's reports of um people saying that Leah Michelle was not the nicest person to work with on set. I have I met felt Leah like Michelle. I heard I've heard that before this even came out on Twitter or whatever. I don't know. I, I've heard people say that she said she was going to shit in people's wigs. I've heard um, she's she's been mean to many guest uh, appearance, celebrity guest appearances. She, um, I don't know the truth, but uh, that's all gossip, so I don't know. That's gossip. Do you have anything to say about her shitting in wigs? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I saw the the tweets and the story and I saw other people from the cast like liking the tweets and that sort of thing. So there for, me, you have it. for me, that corroborates the story that 
I mean, obviously it's all like supposedly like hearsay unless you've actually heard someone say it yourself. But um, I don't know. I, I trust the people and even her statement. Um, oh God, I, I should have been more prepared and had this pulled up. But I found a problem with um, her her publicist statement. Yeah. Um, it was a non-apology. I know. Cause it said, I'm sorry if you felt that way. And it's like, it just was, I don't know the way that it read. I don't know the exact, like I said, I should have pulled up just, it sounded like it was not validating at all how the person actually felt or taking any ownership for her behavior. It was like putting it on them for interpreting something a certain way versus, um, accepting that that's how the person felt in the moment. And I think that's what we need to realize in a lot of like arguments is, um, or disagreements or whatever it is. It's like you have the power to make people feel a certain way and you need to acknowledge if you did something wrong that that's how you made them feel regardless if it was your intention. I think it was something like that. She's like, that wasn't my intention. And it's like, it doesn't matter if your, your intentions were in the right place. That's that's how it came across. And that's what frustrated me. It was like exactly like you said, a non-apology apology. A few things you can, it's hard to know the truth about a situation, especially when it's um, about a celebrity and how they are. There's, There's a few celebrities in the past year or so that have really kind of come under fire from a lot of people and how them exposing how they treat people, um, whether it's Lee Michelle or even Ellen DeGeneres or whoever it might be like that you hear stories about. I think um, in general, I am pretty cautious to believe anything because I, I always want to give somebody the thought of like, you, everyone has bad days. Okay. Yeah. Everyone says shitty things or it can be misconstrued. When it really becomes a red flag is when it seems to have uh, a a pattern and more mm-hmm. than one person experiences more than one of those bad days. And so it's like, okay, well, it's not necessarily just a bad day anymore. It's like, how many bad days do you have? And is that just who you are? And then- Well, that's, I mean, that's exactly like uh, when I was working with you. It's like, I was lucky enough to meet a celebrity that I really liked and they were clearly having a bad day and it broke my heart that I thought they were not a good person. And then you and I met them a second time and they were the most warm, welcoming, loving person. Will you mouth who it was to me right now? I'll text you afterward. Just text me right now. I need to know. <laughs> um, and they and then we met them a second time, and they were the most gracious, wonderful person, and so sweet and nice. And then I thought, oh, thank God, they were just having a bad day the first day that I met them. It sucks. I mean, it to feel observed is never settling. It feels like uh, it feels like you have to perform. It feels like you have to like make sure you are living up to everyone's expectation of what you could ever be. And yeah. I think some people have more trouble doing that than others. I think some people thrive in performing niceness or kindness or and some people are just naturally nice and kind. Yeah. I think some people don't get fed up with having to do that always 24/7. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and then I think the the other side of it all is yes, you have the behaviors and yes, you can look at if, if it's a pattern or not. But I think the biggest indicator of if a person is good or bad, if you want to label somebody good or bad, is how they can how they respond to the situation coming to light. Do they apologize? Do they own? Do they take ownership or do they deflect? Do they say sorry that that's how you feel? At, uh, an apology says 
everything about whether or not a person, especially a celebrity, gets it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think uh, you can take that as you will with certain celebrities and what you've heard about them. Um, yeah. See, I pulled up her statement and it just says like, I don't remember making that specific statement. And it's just like, but they do. It's like <laughs> that, that person does remember it. I think we should also talk about the Drag Race finale. Everyone's let's, had some time. Let's do it. As um, I sit here in my Crystal Method shirt. Oh my God. I, I love that <laughs> shirt. That's super cute. I, I'm going to... Is that her official merch or is that yeah, like fan-made? Okay. Uh, I mean, she tweeted it or posted it on Instagram. I'm actually going to buy uh, shirts from Gigi and Jada as well. I feel like so many of the queens this season, I think we talked about it briefly, like we're, weren't able to continue to work like most of the queens are when a season is airing. Um, and that breaks my heart because so much of uh, what they do as artists relies on us as fans to contribute um, to support them. So um, I was, uh, it was a tough finale because of what we, because of the way they had to film it. And I'm sure it wasn't ideal for any of the contestants, but. But I um, didn't really mind it. I thought it was kind of fun. No, I thought it was fun. I truly honestly loved all three finalists. I'm so happy uh, for the winner. Um I thought she was incredible all season. She was one of my favorites. Um, and like I said, I think last season I said it was such a strong uh, final three. And then this season, the same thing. So it was, I thought it was a really great season. All things considered, you had a lot of things working against it, whether it was somebody in the cast or coronavirus or blah, 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 blah. It's like there were, it was an uphill battle to try to create a good season that you could look back on and rewatch. I think they did a there was a success. Did you see the uh, video of uh, Jada's hometown? Uh, doing I like loved a, it. I cried when I watched it. Well, explain um, explain what it was. So again. there was a Instagram video of Jada's family and friends and her community surprising her and driving by her apartment and doing like a little per- parade for her and holding signs and honking horns and having balloons and whistles and bells and congratulating her and saying how proud they were of her. Um, because like I said, obviously it is uh, a different time right now and they can't just all go celebrate at a bar somewhere or celebrate at a dinner somewhere. Um, so it was incredible to see her local community come out and it was someone was filming and she was just standing in her front yard, like crying and being so thankful that the community came together to support her. I cried when I watched it because I thought what a special moment that they did for her in a time where we aren't getting the kind of support she wasn't being able to, like I said, have a, a, a party to celebrate in the na- same way that previous winners have. Here's here is one thing that I think everyone can do at home if you watch the show and you want to support the queens. Do what Corey said, buy the merch, but also support them on social. I think there's you see there's a there is a correlation to how much queens get paid to how much of a following they have. And so if you want to support the queens that you love, go follow them on Instagram. It 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 doesn't negatively impact you it only helps the queens that you love so if you if you want to do something that doesn't cost you any money support them on social twitter re- Instagram, re-share, reshare their stuff you know what i mean be a part of their community that's one way to get involved and to support them but yeah. i i yeah i loved the top three this season i was really i yeah, i was like it was so funny i was watching with my roommate and we were like I'm just so happy for whoever wins. And very rarely do I watch the actual finale and I'm still unsure about who I want to win. 
I felt the same way. Like as it was progressing through, I thought I'll be happy for this person. I'll be happy for this person. I'll be happy for any of them. I think the most iconic moment of the finale though would have to be Crystal, Crystal Method, baby birding, baby birding the puke. I, I, the, that to me is drag. That to me is like uh, that's it, not taking itself too <laughs> too seriously. It's like that is what I love about drag. But then you have like Crystal, who like, uh, I mean, not Crystal. Um, Jade, Jada, yeah, yeah, uh, Jada, like giving the most in her living room, like with a bookshelf and a like her couch, yeah. her sofa Work behind the room. her. Work, yeah, it was like. At the end of the day, she was giving drag queen perfection. And you can tell when a queen is like queen of all queens, where it doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter right. the lighting, doesn't matter, you know, the fancy editing. I loved it. It was great. I I cannot wait. And I hopefully can't get to see all three of them like live soon. And I know I'm well, lucky because San Francisco is a city that they usually tour to. Um, but I can't wait. Well, I do have, uh, as of this episode of the podcast goes live, I have a new video on YouTube with the one and only Heidi in Closet. No. Are did you I not serious? tell you that? That's rude. I um I filmed a little video with her. You'll have to watch and see. Wait, in person? No, because of coronavirus. Oh, we didn't wanna, I was we like, didn't oh, I, didn't know how, I didn't know how long ago you did it. No, we filmed it a couple weeks ago and it was supposed to go live the week of the um the finale, but there was, you know, it was a lot going on in the news and I didn't want to distract from like yeah. what was happening. And so I was like, you know, this is this video could go up whenever. I'm gonna save it so that sh- I didn't want, you know, you, you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah, um, one of my friends just had a birthday and a couple of my other friends got him a cameo from Heidi and Closet and then they sent it to all of us to watch because did they knew she do we the, all loved her. the S's? <laughs> uh, yes. I wanted her to do her entrance noise, but she did Oh, well, get that. ready. We we talked about oh, it. She performed I was it. Like, I was like, bitch, if you don't do this in every cameo, you're really missing your mo- moment. She was so fun. We filmed for like six hours. It was like the, the most fun afternoon. Um, uh, she We did our makeup together on Zoom and we yeah. edited, I edited it all together. And we like, it was kind of like a get ready with Heidi and get the inside scoop on the season. And it was so much, it was so much fun. I loved it. Go watch yeah, it. Yeah, I chance. saw, um, I saw a tweet that said this was the first season, um, that a black girl won the crown and Miss Congeniality. Work. And I loved it. Love. Um, I I think we're kind of getting, I mean, we, we've we talked for a, a while, but I, there's, a, there's a few other things that I did want to talk about. <laughs> Let's keep going. I don't, okay. I, what do I have to do? I mean, Drag Race season 12 is over, but now we have all stars. Mm-hmm. Are you liking it? Are you liking the twist? What is your vibe? Um, I'm enjoying it. I, I think you and I've said this a lot. It's, it's so easy to kind of now take advantage for it or to take advantage or, uh, take for granted that the fact that we have this readily available. So now I really try to look at it through that lens and not think like, Oh my God, I'm overwhelmed by this much, um, <laughs> drag race back to back. I am enjoying this season of all stars. I'm very much, um, team Shay and team Jujubee. Uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping for my final three, if I had to pick, I would love Shay, Jujubee, and I think Blair St. Clair. Really? She she really is delivering for me. I, I When I think about what somebody should come back on All Stars as, Blair St. Clair is a great example of like an evolution, a deeper understanding of their, of their drag, um, and just like p- delivering and putting out comedy and looks. It's like she is doing that for me. But I th- I think I'm team 
Shea Coulee, to be honest. <sighs> I, it's like of all But the it's seasons, hard because I love Jujubi too. I know. And it's like, I'm like, they did a double win last season. Can we do a double win this season? Because I just really love Shay and Jujubi both that much. That is that would be a very worthy double win. But I I I don't I'm not here to double wins. It's, we <laughs> well, predicted the double they, win of Can't they all be all stars? No. No, no. Um, but I'm enjoying it. I don't know how I feel about the twist. Um, the first two episodes have been a little obvious in the way where it's like, uh, why do I care to even watch the lip sync? Because I know who's going home, um, yes. which is seems boring. Um, I don't know. Now that I think more about it, I don't know if I ever really loved the lip sync for your legacy twist because I think there's so much more at stake when the two bottom queens are fighting for their life versus two winners on top fighting to send somebody home. I I like the um the, I like what you mean about there's so much more at stake when you're fighting for your life. I right. I agree I agree with that. And then it's like the stakes are huge. Like you have to fucking put it all out there. I don't like it to see somebody have to go home just because they're disliked or they, I want to see them put it all on the stage at the very end. I don't, I don't want to watch the episode and know, Oh, so-and-so won. They're for sure sending home person a and the rest of the cast is voting for person a. So I don't even care who wins this lip sync for your legacy. But I do, I do like the twist of getting a new queen to watch every week. It kind of, I think it's a great way to showcase, I don't know, more than just the 10 that are always on All-Stars. Um, See, for me, it's like they're just bringing back people that we've already seen a hundred times. You know true, what I mean? True, true, true. But, but we might get somebody like Dita Ritz, who is who has one of the best lip syncs abs- of all time. Bitch, but, you know that's one of my favorite lip syncs of all right, time. That, so I'm hoping we have more queens where they had like, where, where they didn't necessarily... Um, break through huge like Alyssa Edwards, but right. but more of the queens that had like the, the best lip syncs of all time. I, that's what I said. I would I would love to be surprised if they're going to continue. Obviously, they are going to continue with this lip sync for your legacy twist. I would like to be more surprised of who shows up versus just seeing Alyssa show up. Like we know up, Shangela Alas, will come home, right, back. Right, versus seeing Alyssa show up, Shangela show up, maybe Alaska show up. Like, I would like to be more surprised. I I am a little grateful that we're not getting the the very like on the nose duh type of rematches like Shea Coulee versus Sasha Vlour or would India. you call Sasha a <laughs> lip sync? But like it would make sense to have that yeah. be a moment or yeah. like India versus Mimi. I'm first. Like I was actually very excited to see Evie. Oh, me too. I if anything, it it feels like a moment to show like. That was like a see. This is why Evie fucking won. Right. Like, I I like moments like that where it's like cementing these queens as like they do have legacy. Right. But I'm like bring back Brooklyn Heights, bring back uh, Cameron mm. Michaels, uh, bring back some of these other people. Who, I think they will. Like uh, had to fight to stay. I do think the casting for this season of All Stars. I like. I I don't think it's the strongest All Stars season they've had. I com- I completely agree. It's it's the, this is the problem they're gonna continue to face if they're gonna do an All Stars every season. Right. They need to spread out the All Stars. I really also could have done with uh, one of the UK queens being yeah. brought over. Or for 
or I think I read an article about this, what they need to do is make it more thematic in the way that Survivor does. So don't necessarily call it all-stars, but call it second chances. Call it... First eliminated queens. First eliminated queens. Yeah. People who... Well, people who are off the show in the first three. Like, if you're going to go with that, then bring bring back 10 of them who are all in the first three to go home and let them showcase it. But you don't have to call it All-Stars. If you want to call it something else, please do. <laughs> Hero, I agree. Her- heroes versus villains. I don't know. Shit I, like that. I also don't like when uh, casting feels super produced in the sense of, okay, so we, we know we're going to have Derek and um, India fighting. Like, yeah. I was grateful that it only lasted one episode and that we were good to go and we can move on from that plot line because I'm, I don't, I don't like it when there's like forced tension and drama. Like I, I don't, I don't either. Know. That I don't, was, I can, I can, I can appreciate rivalry and like intensity and like wanting to compete, but like, I don't like it when people, queens are mean to each other. That's not fun to watch. I agree. That's why I said I, and they always said that season 12 was pretty low drama, uh, which I'm okay with. My friends are, <laughs> I say the same thing about Housewives. I'm like, I like it to be low drama. And all my friends are like, then why are you even watching? I'm like, sorry, I want to watch people be nice to each other. <laughs> and I show agree. And showcase their art and talent. It, all in all, I am, if anything, grateful for, for Drag Race. I think Absolutely. It, it continues to be the, the thing that brings our community together very often, even though there's a lot of polarizing things about it, including a lo- how a lot of people view RuPaul herself. Um, I think all in all, it's like something that at least we have. And right. We can- and uh, that's what I think. It's at least there's something on TV um, that's, that's showcasing art and showcasing gay people in a different way. And I just think about uh, hopefully that there's our little like gay closeted kids that are able to like sneak and watch this um, at home because I didn't have a whole lot of TV that I could like sneak and watch when I was growing up. So I, I mean, think it matters to them. Even uh, who was it? I think Blair St. Clair talking to uh, to Juju B and being like, "I grew up watching you." Yeah, and I, like I get it. it. This is it's become something in queer culture where, it, for better or for worse, whether you like RuPaul or not, she has created a ecosystem of queer artists or not even created, but uplifted and amplified an ecosystem of queer artists and given them all an opportunity to have their own worlds. So now you start to see people like Alexis, uh, Mateo with drag daughter, like, uh, what's Vanjie, Vanjie, where like they can create their own ecosystem. And I don't know. It's, um, I really love it. Who do you think the, should we do top four or who do you think the top four would be? Top four. If I had my pick, Shay, Jujubee, Blair, and Mariah Balenciaga. Is who you want or who you think? Uh, who I who I think I want. Though it's hard to, you know, I love... <laughs> who I think I want. I love so many. I love all of them, really. I'm, I looking just, at, I'm looking at the list. I would love to be surprised. I just don't see a world where the final four aren't Shay, Juju, Alexis, and Cracker. Cracker. Interesting. I just don't see a world where that's not your final four. I um the prove the thing, me wrong. The thing about uh the lip sync assassins is there's no world where the producers don't know who the lip sync assassin is going to say the name of and who the top queen is going to say that like the lip sync the lip. What do you name. What do you mean? So if they want somebody to go home, they can pick who they want to win that lip sync. 
Because they oh, know which like, lipstick is being held. Oh yeah. Well, I I liked that the the assassins' lipstick is covered, so they and you can tell from their reactions that they like when Evie read it. You could tell she did not know the name that was under there until she read it. But let's get real about episode two's lip sync. Okay, Alyssa Edwards. You, they really want us to believe Alyssa Edwards was up on that stage and not once did a death drop, not once did a split, not once did a kick, not once did, they didn't show a single. Alyssa Edwards' signature move for a lip sync, and she came back for one lip sync to put it all on the on the stage. No world where she didn't do any of that. They didn't show any of it because they wanted it to seem like, of course, Shea Coulee won. won. Yeah. I think Shea Coulee could have won without making it look like Alyssa didn't know how to lip sync. I, so that, to me, it, it comes across a little like they want us to think Shea should win that, so Shea should win that. Like, I don't know. It, the editing seemed too forced to be like, Shay should win that. Does that make sense? Yeah. I would have believed Shay could win it anyway. They didn't have to make Alyssa look that unskilled. At I, it, I mean, it's interesting that you bring it up because I didn't think of that, but I mean, you're probably watch right. The, watch the lip sync. They they did not show Alyssa do anything. And I'm like, there's no world where Alyssa didn't just let's, went let's up there get and her on. Let's get her on the phone. I know it. If anything, I'd be annoyed if I were Alyssa. I'd be like, girl, I came back for you to show me walk around. No. <laughs> um, we are what? Uh, 15. Oh my God. How is it already half a month through pride month? It's already there. How are you celebrating pride, Corey? <sighs> this year I'm celebrating pride by having important conversations with family members. Hell yeah. You know what I thought? I was asking my friends this. Did did either of your parents like text you Happy Pride Month? Um, no. I think my mom. I think my dad sent me. Um, my stepdad sent me a picture of my mom and my niece in homemade Pride T-shirts, which was cute. That warms my heart. Yeah, that would that would be enough for me. I was just thinking. I don't know. And I know I'm different than you because I like sending cards. <laughs> I like getting cards and I'm not asking for a whole lot. I just really wish like either of my parents would have texted me like happy pride month. Like that's oh my all gosh. I, that's like all I want. And well, I, I'm, the month and I'm is gonna, not over baby. I know. And I'm going to say something to both of them because people don't know sometimes in, unless you say anything. And like I said, it's not like I expect a card or balloons or a cake or anything, but I just thought, I don't know. And neither of my parents have ever really said that to me. And I think, it is something that I wish they would acknowledge, especially when there's a whole fucking month like dedicated to pride. I get that. I get that. It's like, um, it's, it's some, there's something about pride month that makes, it's like a birthday for all of us. You know what I mean? It feels like our, our, our thing to like have where we, we, we feel like we're celebrated ourselves, but we get to celebrate all of our friends and all of our community. And yeah, I, uh, I just got done binge watching all of Love, Victor, which will be on Hulu later this week. Um, I had an advanced screener of it. Um, It's definitely like, it's, I don't know if you know anything about it, but it's about um, a student like coming, uh, figuring out his sexuality in high school. And it's based off the movie Love, Simon. Um, And uh, they talk a lot about community. And there are certainly cheesy parts because it's like a high school kind of dramedy 
show on Hulu that was supposed to be on Disney. Um, so there's definitely like a little cheesy moments and sometimes the acting's like a little bit of an eye roll, but I thought it had a lot of heart. Um, they talked a lot about like community and being there for each other when your families aren't and talked a lot about like your chosen family. Um, and I don't know, it was... I really loved it. I cried multiple times, Um, but it it did really, there's like this whole monologue in one of the episodes about how um, friends and your queer friends um, are your chosen family and how we support each other and how we relate to one another because we know while our backgrounds aren't always completely the same, that there are certain parts of our lives or our upbringing that were similar and that we can understand about each other. And that's what brings us together. Um, I don't know. I thought it was really nice during Pride Month and it made me really kind of reflect on the friendships that I have with all my queer friends and how it's exactly right that when I don't necessarily feel supported by all of my family members all the time, it's nice to know that I have friends here and friends like you in LA and all over the world that do support me and do understand that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean... And I think that's what like Pride means to me is, I don't know. Yeah. I I totally get what you mean. It's like a shared experience that you don't even have to bring up to another queer person. They, they get what you mean when you talk about coming out or talk about um, having to be closeted during a point of your life or talk about queer representation. Like you don't have to, you don't have to do the preliminary, preliminary explanation of why that's important. They already get that. So like you, you can start queer friendships with other queer people a little bit ahead of trying to find that core, that relate that mm-hmm. way to relate to like non queer people, yeah, because there is something that kind of like connects you instantaneously, um, and you kind of like feel for that person, and you understand some of the struggles that they went through without them necessarily having to sh- having to share that out loud. It's been really powerful, at least here in LA, and then seeing what happened in New York this past weekend. Um, they did a uh, a huge gathering in Brooklyn um, for black trans women and trans women of color in general and uh, in solidarity and in support. Um, And I feel like a lot of the pride demonstrations, even here in Los Angeles, have felt so much more focused on community and uplifting those in danger as opposed to most pride months where it's a little bit it can feel a little bit more, you know, corporations and pride March and get drunk and get crazy. And yeah, for better or for worse, I, I actually have really appreciated the tone of this pride month where it feels like it's more about like uplifting ourselves. Yeah. Supporting the community and being more of an activist, uh, activist versus just like partying and getting drunk. And, and I think, I think think there's a world for both. Yeah, <laughs> don't get me wrong. But I, I think that it really puts our queer identities in perspective in the world where we're looking at how our queer identity interacts with community or the police state or um, worker protections or the Supreme Court or voting. Mm-hmm. Or I think I think it's taken how we view our queer community and put it into the greater context of like, what's going on in the world and how we interact with the world. And I think that's been really good. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's like you said, it's, it's definitely a different kind of feel for pride month, but it's, it's a good feeling. And like I said, for me, it's uh, a big part of it's been wanting to have 
uh, deeper, bigger conversations with family members and kind of explain to them things about myself or things about uh, my coming out process that I've never really talked about with them. And I think it is a product of what's going on in the world right now um, and feeling like sharing my story with them will not only give them a better understanding of me, but also let them know why I stand for things that I do politically and why certain things are important to me and why um, I support the, the people that I do. I love that. Um, did you, but I, I think that's all I have really for today, but I wanted to say a, a little congratulations to someone special in my life. <laughs> okay. Um, did you see SpongeBob came out? Oh my as, God. <laughs> as asexual. I saw that. Good for him. Yeah. Proud. Good. Yeah. Representation matters even under the sea. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we have another ally. Thanks. I mean, he's Thanks. always been a good ally, right? I would, yeah, I would say so. Squidward is Squidward is a faggot. How's Sandy taking it? <laughs> Up the ass per usual, baby. Whoa, whoa, that's I don't know. <laughs> do, do squirrels do anal? <laughs> oh my god! Speaking I of don't anal, know, but I saw a dog wearing a diaper the other day, and it really stressed me out. And then my friend told me that the dog was wearing a diaper because it was ha- probably having its period. Oh no. And I said that can't be true. Uh, it could be. I don't. I don't know. It was a huge like chow chow and a huge diaper. Uh, you could have asked <laughs> what was in the diaper. Maybe it's just like the dog's purse. I was trying to keep my six feet, and I didn't want to get near that dog in a diaper. I get it. <laughs> Nobody wants to get near dog in a diaper. Yeah, that's what, that's why people avoid me. Dog in a diaper. Yeah, that's what I've always said about you. Um. What I was gonna say something, but you really distracted me. With I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. I watched Requiem for a Dream last night. Have you ever seen it? Um, I have, but it was years ago. Isn't there something about like uh, double sided dildo? Double sided dildo. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's that's why I was reminded of that. Um, that movie really fucked me up. Mm. I'll like be a, sure not to watch. It was not a, a joyful, uplifting experience. It was like I kind of left it thinking, "Wow, I don't want to try heroin." <laughs> well, so, I think that's I think that's important. That's the way to go. Um, I think that's all we have for today. This this was like a double whammy episode to kind of it really uh, was celebrate pride, celebrate what we're loving, um, catch up, Ce- celebrate getting through another week. You know the the video of um, Wendy Williams saying, "Well, another week." <laughs> I don't. I what? don't. Con- I don't consume a lot of WW content. I I feel like I tweet. I've tweeted it maybe ten times. I well, I don't. Fo- so I don't much. follow you on Twitter. Fuck you. <laughs> um, it's it's go go bitch. Go to my Twitter and find it. It's great. Anyway, <laughs> I think that's all we have for today. Corey, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I just wanted to say Happy Pride Month. I love and support all of you. Thank you all for listening to this podcast all these years we are all very grateful for you totally um also a little reminder that black lives matter is not a trend and um i've been seeing so many of my friends get involved in it that i am encouraged to see them speak up If you are out there and you're still thinking of how to get involved, we put up an episode of the podcast a couple weeks ago with one of our friends, Tessa, that um, talks about 
the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, it talks about how to be an ally. And I think it's a really applicable episode, not just to um, being an ally to the black community, um, but also to a lot of communities and how you can how you can show up and how you can use your platform and your voice um, to listen and to amplify. It was one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. Um, if you are at uh, any of the protests or marches in Los Angeles and you see me say hello, I would love to meet you. Um, I, I feel like I've met a bunch of psychobabble gays that uh, have come up to me at the protest. So thank you for saying hi. Um, and yeah, that's all. How do they even recognize you in your mask? Girl, I don't know. I, I do. I do. A full mask, sunglasses, hat situation. I feel like a very Superman, or I mean, Spider-Man undercover. How does your uh, mask not cause your glasses to fog? It does. Yeah, I need same. To, I need to figure a it struggle, out. A struggle. Like, get a little windshield wipers on those bad I ways. would love. Thank you. Yeah, I need that. Um, Corey, where can people find you? You can find me at That's Gossip. Ooh. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. Okay. Uh, you can find me listening to Chromatica and loving Alice and Free Woman. Sure. Where are they? Where? Where can they find you? <laughs> on the on the uh, you can find me um, in a wig, shit in by Leah Michelle. There you go. Thank you, uh, Corey. Have a good life. I'll see you next week. Love you. Love you. Bye.